pray about first because Joseph Ricketts, I think some of us know, most of us know him, he is seven, isn't he? I'm looking at the people who, maybe I should know as well, is uh, a little kid and they were at a bonfire party last night and he fell over and he smashed um, the front, I don't know how many teeth, Stu, do you know, just the one. Um, and he's in Southampton right now and they're going to operate. Is it? Pool, sorry, pool. And they're going to operate. So I'm just going to pray. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you know, um, you, know, you know everything, you know all things. We thank you that you know Lord Joseph, you know the, the fear maybe, you know the, the stress that Chris and Loretta and maybe the girls are experiencing right now. And Father, you know exactly who is going to perform that operation upon that little boy. And so God, we pray that you would guide the, the doctor, the anaesthetists, everyone involved, the nurses who are going to be caring for him. God, we pray that his tooth would actually sit. They're a bit worried about it, but it would actually be accepted back into his gum. And, uh, and Father, we just lift that up to you. We lift him to you. We pray for speedy healing it just does seem quick with kids but God we just prayed as well anyway that he would have a speedy healing and that he would know your presence with him and Chris and Loretta and the girls also would know your presence with them right now you would be so close to them as a family just in this time that for them is quite concerning so God I pray in Jesus name to heal him uh, to bring him comfort and God to enable him to be free of pain too in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to hopefully show you a little video from my laptop. But I remember as a six-year-old kid <laughs> doing one of these at school. Did anyone else do any of these when they were a kid at school? Oh, maybe about five or six of you. What schools did the rest of you go to, man? I would complain. I would complain. It's too long ago to remember. <laughs> so, uh, whilst I'm talking, if you want to do one of these, uh, kids first, all right? Uh, I have some little scratchy things. You just scratch off the surface. It's, it's black waxy stuff on the surface, and it reveals beautiful colors. So, I want to see some really cool firework display things, okay? So, come on down and get... One from there, and a little, a little scratchy thing, and hopefully, I'm going to show you this brilliant. You want to watch this video as well, guys? I'm telling you, this sound thing's plugged in. In all right. So here. We go.
Oh, we don't see the rest. <laughs> oh, it's only a few more fireworks. But I, I just wanted to show you, that was the biggest firework that's ever been launched. It was a 900 millimeter shell, so almost a meter. Now, they've just, of course they have, because I've showed that one. They've got one even better. They're, they've just um, fired a 1.2 meter shell. Um, so obviously, it was bigger than that. That was, in its time, the biggest firework, and it was however many meters it covered. Was it how many meters was it? 728. That's how big across the sky the firework was. 728 meters, quite a large expanse of firework. Guys, I want some good fireworks. Some good firework. You can even look, you can even put a fire. Oh, mine's got a fire and a guy fork on it. That's how I roll, see? Just that cool. So I want to talk to you guys about one of the best firework displays in the Bible. One of the best firework displays in the Bible. As you can see, I have an absolutely beautiful altar. And my apology is to the vegetarian people amongst you, because we do have raw meat. Um, we do have a bull's head on there. We do have a slab of meat that is just have an imagination, please. Have an imagination. Um, so I want to read to you from Isaiah, uh, not from Isaiah, from 1 Kings chapter 18. It's about Elijah. And it says this, 1 18, starting at verse 20, 19 even, sorry. There had been a drought in King Ahab and Jezebel had been killing prophets and trying to find Elijah. Elijah met with Ahab and offered him a duel. You bring your prophets and I'll turn up. The duel was sort of my word in there, all right? You bring your prophets and I'll turn up and we'll see whose God shows up. So Ahab sent word throughout Israel and they all assembled the prophets and the people of Israel on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, I love this passage. It's 1, 18 and verse 21. And he said, How long will you be of two opinions? Either God is God or Baal is God. Make a choice. How long are you going to be of two opinions? And the people, it says said nothing. The people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I'm only one poor prophet. I'm only one of the Lord's prophets, sorry. But Baal has 450. Get two bulls for us. They had to cut it as well. So that's okay. Get two bulls. Get two bulls for us. And you choose, you cut, you choose the first one, you cut it into pieces and I'll Choose one, laid on some wood, but don't set fire to it. I'll prepare, I will prepare my bull. Then you call upon the name of your God, and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he's God. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one. Cut it up. So they took the bull given to them, prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal, or Baal, Baal, from morning until noon. Baal, 
answer us. Baal, answer us. They yelled. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar that they had made. At noon, again, I like this little bit as well. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. I like this little bit. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them and he said, Shout louder! <laughs> Surely he is a god. Hmm. Perhaps he's in uh, a deep, perhaps he's in deep thought, or maybe he's busy. Maybe he could be traveling, or he might even be sleeping and needs waking up. Sorry, it just makes me chuckle. I love it. So they shouted even louder. And they cut themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time of the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, come here. Then Elijah said to the people, come here. And I'm going to stop there. I need to put this there, otherwise I'm going to forget where I got to. Then Elijah said to them, come here. See, what had happened is the altar, it's a fantastic altar, if you help me build it, champion. The altar that was built and dedicated to God had been smashed, had been demolished, had been wrecked. And the altar that was now up Mount Carmel was for the people, the prophets who worshipped Baal. So they had this really nice altar. And the, the altar that was dedicated to God was just in pieces. It was up the corner in the church when you came in for the service. In pieces. It was in pieces and wrecked and trashed and battered. And so Elijah bought the stones and he rebuilt the altar. And you can see some of the names on here. Some of the names, there were 12 stones and the 12 stones represented, what did the 12 stones represent? Yes. The disciples. It's a good guess, but it's not the right guess. Yes. The 12 tribes of Israel. Champion, mate. Well done. That's what they represented. The 12 tribes of Israel. When God brought the people into the promised land, there were 12 tribes. When the families all split, or when, when the community split, they split into their families. And there were 12 tribes. So there were 12 stones. And if you come up, it is very true to life, this altar. There are 12 stones. I have been very particular. As you can see, I'm a particular kind of person. So 12 stones. Man, that is pretty. Don't disturb me anymore. Well done, man, that's cool. 12 stones, 12 tribes representing God's families, God's people. It had to be rebuilt because it had just been smashed down. And folks, I ain't going to be chatting for long today. It is a family service, but I want to ask the question, how is your altar? How is your altar? How is your life? 
How are you in your connection with God, in your relationship with God? How is it looking? It's a serious question that, that I need to ask myself. It's a serious question that if we believe in Christ, if we believe in God, we believe Christ did what the Bible says he did, if we believe them things and we claim to be a Christian, then we need to examine our altar. We need to look at what it looks like. This wasn't planned, but is it just in the corner? Is it just in the corner actually covered up with something? This was covering it. I don't know if everyone noticed or anyone noticed, but is that what our life is like? Is that what your life is like? If the altar represents our relationship with God, if the altar is that, how is it looking? It's a serious question that we all need to examine ourselves and explore. I'm going to trip over some kids' feet, so I'm just going to move over here. Well done, Frankie. So how is the altar of your life? Elijah painstakingly knew that it was important to put it back together. He knew that it was important. It wasn't dependent by putting the altar back together. That wasn't... sort of a contract that he made with God okay God I'll put the altar back together then you'll do what I ask champion fantastic thanks it was nothing like that it was symbolic but it was very important in its symbolism very very important in its symbolism so he got all the stones and he placed them all out and the prophets of Baal were over there cutting themselves at their altar they'd, they'd cut up two bulls They'd place them on the altar, he'd place them on his altar, and they were just screaming and shouting to nothing. You know what, when I get angry, when I get angry, and if I'm screaming and shouting to God, at least I've got someone to scream and shout to. God's big enough to take my anger, God's big enough to take my doubts, God's big enough. He has shoulders broad enough, metaphorically speaking, to accept me even when I'm so annoyed and even when I have doubts and even when I'm questioning and even when I'm saying why. God's big enough to take all of them things. But these guys, the prophets of Baal, they were shouting to nothing. They were just shouting to an empty sky, to an empty God. And I did some, <laughs> I did some reading around this and... Um, and when Elijah was saying, has he gone to sleep? Has he gone traveling? Is he, is he not there? You need to speak louder. Because that group of people believed that God, their God, did go to sleep. <laughs> did slumber at times. Did go traveling. Which is quite strange. Because the God that I believe in and the God that the Bible teaches me about is that God is very attentive to his children. Very attentive very patient, hallelujah, but very attentive to his children. He doesn't wander off. He doesn't turn his face. He doesn't ignore. He is inclined, his, his ear is inclined to his children. And I absolutely love that. So God will never, God will never ignore you. 
God will never turn away from you, ever, okay? He doesn't like what he sees sometimes, but he'll not turn away. And for me, the significance of the 12 tribes and the 12 stones and the rebuilding of the altar, I love it because we've just looked at I am, just last week in, in downstairs with the, teenage, with the kids, teenagers, we looked at the I am statements of Jesus. And the I am, when he says, when he refers back to the Old Testament, when he says, I am that I am. And for me, it's, it speaks of this. It speaks of the Garden of Eden. It speaks of the children wandering off. Or wondering to show me the pictures. <laughs> that is really nice, isn't it? Shall I show them? Wow. Ain't seen any from up there yet. <laughs> That's amazing. Fantastic. So this reminds me that the I am statements that Jesus made, it says to me, Jesus is the same. And it says it in the Bible. I was then, I am now, I will be forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you. Thank you. He doesn't change. So the same attitude he had, the same love that he had, the same passion that he had for people, for us, his children, has not changed. And so when Elijah was faced with these prophets, he built this. And the 12 names, I'm sure, were in his mind. The 12 tribes were in his mind. And I think it was giving Elijah the confidence to think, well, hang on a minute. God was with them at the beginning. He was with them in Egypt. He was with them through the Red Sea. He was with them when Joshua took the land. He was with them when they conquered all of these nations. You know what? That same God is still here and he's going to be with me today. That's what Elijah thought and that is what I know and that is what I think and that is what I experience. The same God is available that was then, at the beginning, at the middle, and now and into the future. The same God. The same God is there for me and the same God is there for you. So, they called. Oh, Baal, send your fire. And they screamed and screamed and screamed. And nothing happened. Then Elijah taunted them. And then he said, it's my turn. And he called the people. He said, come on. Let's have a look over here. But his faith was so great. <laughs> his faith was so big that he said to them, We'll not just have... Oh, very good. Who's that? Me! I need some hair, man. I've been called bald a few times this week and I'm starting to get a little... Hmm, concerned. Just let me say, I don't know if it's Elijah or Elisha. Who was called bald? Elisha. Elisha was called bald and a bear came out of the woods and ate 
the teenagers who called him bald. <laughs> so, it wasn't even a teenager as well, some of it. It was another leader, apparently. All right, I'll accept that that's me with no hair. Thanks. Can I show them? Very good. Oh, very good. Matthew, have you come all the way down here? To sh You've been sat there so patient. Wow, that is a crazy firework, man. Look at that. I'd like to see that firework in the sky. This is yours, mate. Look, my talk's going to go on forever if we keep on stopping. So, bald. No, I've gone off somewhere, haven't I? So, he called the people over. And his faith was huge. Because he said, he didn't just say, okay, we'll have the same, we'll have wood, we'll have stone, we'll have a cow on top or a bull. He says, hello, Bella. He says, hello, Bella, if someone was named Bella there. That's really good. Oh, that's cool, Bella. That's well done, mate. He says, okay, I'm going to dig a trench around here. Or he got some servants to do, I don't know. They dug a trench around here, and then they pulled gallons and gallons and gallons of water on it. And then he says, it's my turn. If my God answers, that's the real God. That's the real God. And the greatest firework display, well, probably Pentecost was fantastic as well. And probably when all the light was in the sky when Jesus, the birth of Jesus was announced, that was probably cool as well. All right, I'll accept those other two, but I think this was pretty close fantastic firework display he stood there and he said God you're God will you prove it to these people and so many times so many times we see our prayers answered you and I we see our prayers answered and we keep it to ourselves, and we don't make it known this guy was pretty public this guy was stood on top of the mountain and I just want to say to each and, each and every one of us, if God's answered your prayers and you have opportunity, just tell people. You've not got to make a big song and dance about it. You've not got to go up a mountain. We ain't going any have we? But you've, you've not got to drive all the way up to um, the Lake District and stand on top of Scarfell Pike or whatever. You've not got to stand on top of a mountain. But in your sphere of influence, why not let people know that we believe in a God who does answer prayer? Melv? Thanks. Why not let people know that we have a God that answers prayers? And not just little, you know, little, oh, that's just, that's just circumstance. That, that's, but I bet when we've prayed impossible things and it's happened, let people know. Elijah says, okay then, come on, Lord. Wait, I think he was a bit more respectful than that. Come on, Lord. <laughs> and he just like, wham, huge, I don't know whether it was a ball of fire, what it was, whether it was a meteorite, or a meteor even, I don't know what it was, but this, it's a shame really, but this fan, oh it would be so cool if it just set on fire, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, Jan's not here, is she? So, oh but Rob is, oh okay. But, he says, okay Lord, come on, let's prove to these prophets who the real God really is. And bam! And it consumed the meat. It says that it consumed the meat. It then says that it consumed the altar. 
It consumed everything. And it licked up like a dog, I'm reminded. But the flames licked up all of the fluid, all of the water around the altar. And it was all consumed. All consumed by the fire of God. This guy, Elijah, he had confidence in God. And he knew that in essence he was putting himself on the altar. So how good is our altar and who's on the altar? He knew that this altar needed him on it. Pauline, thank you. Thank you so much because for 50 years, more than 50 years, you have laid yourself on the altar to serve your God. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And so, hey, I've got hair just on the side. Well done. Don't rub it in, okay? Oh, thanks, kids. Oh, did you do that? No, no. Oh, your brother, your brother's pretty good. That is very good. I like it, brother. Come on, let's all do three at once and then we can go. Not, not literally, then I can go on, I mean. Hey, Joel, that is brilliant, mate. I'd like to be at that firework display. Although I'd like to have been at this firework display. Frankie, that's pretty cool, mate. There we go, there we go. Right, go now. <laughs> Two minutes and I'm done, so don't bother me again. So, I, I certainly would like to have been at this firework display. But you know what? I know that we can experience this kind of power in our life. You can experience this kind of power in your life. Not that you're going to go out and you're going to be an evangelist to 50 million people, etc., etc. But you're going to be like these ladies who've committed themselves today to serving God. To putting themselves on the altar and allowing the fire of God to fill their body. The fire and power of God to equip them and enable them. And we can experience that same power, that same fire that can consume us. Get rid of Joe Hobday. Get rid of me. And just allow Christ to shine through me. That's my desire. That's my passion. That's what I want. And that's what I hope that we want. That's what we want. We want God's fire to consume us and just leave the good stuff. Just leave the best stuff. And so Elijah saw this happen. Elijah experienced it. But I'm just going to finish with this one thing because it's really been on my heart, you know, when I spoke about uh, mental health. And... But he experienced tough times as well. He was in that cave. He was thinking he was by himself he was thinking he was no good and he experienced emotional stuff and I, and I just want to put that in there as well this week I went to All Saints school and I did my final 22 and I spoke about PTSD and I spoke about uh, mental health awareness and actually I, I, put, um, I put a hashtag and the hashtag was um, end the stigma of mental health and it's, it's, not, it's not my unique hashtag, but I think it's a great hashtag. We need to end that stigma within our church, 
within our community. And I challenge the teenagers at the school, be the generation. Be the generation that ends the stigma. So if a kid goes to CAMS, or if a kid goes to some kind of counselling, don't be giving them a label. Don't be giving them a label. But know that they've gone to seek help, and that's amazing. And that's brilliant, and that's good, and that's positive. And so Elijah, coming back to Elijah. Well, actually, I want to just finish with this. Jude one twenty five. It says, to the only God our our Saviour be glory, majesty, dominion and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this bit, before all time and now and for eternity. Before all time, now and for eternity. Yesterday, today and forever. That's the God who I know, that's the God who we know and that's the God who was here and that's the God who's here. If you don't know him, please come chat with me. If you do know him and you think your altar needs a bit of repair, we have a prayer team. If you think your altar needs repairing, you think something in your life that you just need to, I need just to get that sorted, I need your fire God to come and consume it, then please speak to us. Let's stand, I'm going to pray. Did it? Well, thank you. Okay. So um, we're going to finish with, um, not that one actually, we're going to finish with...